0: Today I'm going to speak to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in New Zealand, where I come from, there are two islands. We have the North Island, where I live, and then we have the South Island. Uh, and, and, And let me tell you, South Island is a beautiful place. I'm going to sound like a travel agent in a minute for New Zealand. And one of the most important things I do when I'm flying to somewhere in the South Island is to make sure... I get a window seat on the plane uh, because the view is spectacular. Uh, the mountains, the valleys, the, the waterfalls, the snow, uh, it's, it's breathtaking. The view is uh, fascinating, especially when you are flying. Over the Southern Alps. Uh, On one side, we have the Canterbury Plains, and during summer you will find miles and miles of dry land. There there is not much vegetation. It's very hot, it's dry. But when you get to the top of the range, what a contrast! The west coast is lush, it's green, it's wet, it's fruitful, it's beautiful. There is a marked difference uh, where the mountain range divides the land. Let me tell you. The day of Pentecost divides the Word of God, just like the Southern Alps divides divides the South Island of New Zealand. Before the day of Pentecost, we have the Old Testament. Uh, There were moments when men and women uh, knew an anointing of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't consistent. Then Jesus came to this earth in a human body. He lived a good life. He knew the Word of God, but I love this. Here's the interesting thing. Jesus performed no miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon Him. Can I say that one more time? Jesus performed no miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon Him. But after the Holy Spirit came, everything changed. Don't you love that? When the Holy Spirit comes, everything changes. One touch of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you are never the same again. So when the Holy Spirit came upon Him... Everything changed. What was the difference? The difference was the Holy Spirit. Friends, we too need the Holy Spirit to live a Spirit-filled, a Spirit-filled empowered life. Let me tell you, so many people are living a spiritless life when God has called us to live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life. Can I get an amen if you believe it with me this morning? Jesus, while here on the, on the earth, was limited. He limited himself, to, limited himself to a physical body. He was restricted to one place and just to a few people. So he said to his disciples in John 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works. Everybody say greater works. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now, how will this be possible? How would we do even greater works than Jesus? I mean, He raised people from the dead. He opened blind eyes. He made the mute speak. He made the lame walk. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. How did He do that? Listen to what He says to the disciples next, John 14, verses 16 to 17. Let me me read it to you. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and and, and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus said he would, give, he would give us another advocate, a counselor, another, as same as Him. And just before He ascended into the heavens, uh, he, he, he said this to His disciples. Acts 1 verses 4 to 8. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then He said this, but you will receive Power. Everybody say power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and Birmingham and to the ends of the earth. Only three people are excited about that. I love that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And look what happened next. Acts 2, 1-4, to on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone, I love this, everyone, everybody say everyone. everyone. Who does everyone include? It includes everyone. It includes everybody. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. Some of you may not not know what the word Pentecost actually means. The word Pentecost means 50. It was a Jewish feast that came 50 days after the Passover. It celebrated the giving of the law uh, uh, in Mount Sinai to to Moses. The law was their guide. The law was their schoolmaster. The law uh, showed they were God's people. They showed they were God's people by keeping the law. But it was hard. It was legalistic and religious. The law told them God's demands, God's requirements. The law law told them they were sinners. The law brought them under control condemnation because they couldn't keep it. But then I love this. Jesus said, I didn't come to give you law, but I came to give you abundant life. Who's grateful for Jesus here this morning? He said, I've come to give you abundant life, not laws, not rules, not religion, not regulations. He said, I came to give you life. On the day of Pentecost, something powerful happened. Jesus not only dealt with our sins by dying on the cross for us, but He also sent us His power by giving us His Spirit. And then it says, Luke 24, 49, Jesus said to His disciples, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Let me tell you, we have no inner power to overcome obstacles and challenges that come our way. There is no way we can do that in our physical strength. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He clothes us with power from on high and He turns the impossible into possible. Sin no longer has control over our lives because the Holy Spirit in us gives us the power to resist it. He gives us courage, faith determination, motivation, and all that we need to live the life that God has called us to live. You may be here this morning, maybe for the first time, a friend invited you to church, or maybe you're here for the 100th time and you've been attending church for a long time, and you may say to me this morning, Boyd, why do I need this power? Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Listen carefully. We need the Holy Spirit because God designed you to live a Spirit-empowered life. Do you know that this morning God designed you and me. God designed the church. to. to, We cannot uh, operate without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it in our own, own ability. Why? Because the job He has given us is tough. Our mission is to change the world, to change the city. Let me tell you, there is no way we are going to be able to change the city without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can do it. We live in a society that is dependent on power. Even here this morning, you've got these beautiful lights, this microphone, the sound system, everything that, that that we are using this morning is dependent on power. If we run out of power, we would we would find it extremely difficult. This place would be a shamble. How am I going to check my Facebook status? Someone's going to like that photo I put. How am I going to say my battery is going to be big? Guess guess what? We're all dependent on power. We live in a world where everything is controlled by technology and without power, we cannot function. Can I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit because we are dependent on His power. We are dependent on His power. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us with power. So Jesus says to His disciples, don't go out and preach the gospel Until you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, this morning, you might ask me, How do I get this power? How do I get the power of the Holy Spirit? Very quickly, I'm going to give you four keys to receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, let me encourage you to write this down remove all barriers. Remove all barriers all barriers. Here's the first key. Remove all barriers. I want you to think about any barriers that may be stopping you from being filled with the Spirit of God. For some of you, your barrier could be doubt. For some of you, your barrier could be doctrinal hang-ups, religious traditions, unforgiveness, bitterness, unrepented sin. For some of you, fear is a barrier. Do you know fear can cause you to, fear can stop you from seeing the truth. Some of us are, we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says He's your friend, He's your comforter, He's your counselor. Sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit and we look through the eyes of fear. You know what fear stops you to do? Fear blinds you from seeing the future, the potential, the call of God that is on your life. Fear will cause you to shrink. Many years ago, I deci- decided to become a professional swimmer. It only lasted for a week. And I, I, I went to the local swimming uh, pool place, and I noticed everyone swimming there. There, there were f- three lanes. You had the fast lane where all the professionals were swimming. And then you had the medium lane where the semi-middle professionals were swimming. And then you had the slow lane where people were Drowning, or I don't know, they'll attempting to swim. And I thought, you know what, I want to be a professional swimmer. So I decided I'm going to, I'm going to swim in the fast lane with the professionals. And I noticed all the professionals, they had this very amazing gear on. They had their goggles and they had their caps and they had this thing called pull float. And I thought, you know what? I need all this gear, Mark. I thought, I'm going to buy all this gear. I've been told that Mark is a gadgets man. He loves all that. So I thought, you know what? I need to buy all of these things. I brought myself these goggles and everything. And I came into the swimming pool and I walked like a professional. And I judged all the people in the slow lane, in the medium lane. Oh, come on, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I got in the fast lane and I put my goggles on and I jumped in the pool and I said, I'm going to be the fastest shrimp Ever in the world to swim in this land, and I started swimming. I was going for it, but I had one little problem. I couldn't see where I was going, it was so dark. I was swimming and swimming, and I swam into the person in front of me. They were kicking me, and I was trying to see who's kicking me. and I caused a major traffic jam. Let me tell you, it's worse than the traffic jams you got in Birmingham. Oh, it was a chaos. I was angry. I went to the front desk and I said to them, Look, I got these goggles. I paid a lot of money for it. You need to get me the ones that the professionals are wearing because I can't see anything with it. Bless the guy who was there at the front desk. He looked at my goggles and he said to me, sir, there's nothing wrong with these goggles. All you have to do is peel these stickers off. I had revelation. Thank you very much. I decided to be a pastor. Let me tell you, fear will stop you from seeing the future God has for you. Fear will cause you to say no to God, no to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, you need to peel fear off your eyes this morning. You need to declare, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. How do we remove these barriers? Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. The first key is to remove all barriers. Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24 it says, search me O God and know my heart, test my thoughts, point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Some of you here this morning, you need to ask God to show you any barrier. Let me encourage you, get rid of any barrier that is getting in the way from you being filled with the power of God. One touch of God and let me tell you, you will never be the same again. Can I get an amen this morning? is the second key. Request the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Request the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, ask. ask. Everybody say one more time, ask. ask. I love this. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who... I think you can do louder than that. To those who ask him the key is to ask ask him it's that simple i heard about this lady who had an atheist neighbor but this lady she had a you know she she got, she, she was a prayer warrior and, and she had some needs every morning she'll come out of her house and she'll stand by the front door and she'll be like, she'll be praying to God. She'll be, you know, qu- crying out to God, asking Him for this and asking Him for that. And she, she her pantry cupboard was empty, and she needed groceries. So every morning she would come out Monday morning. God, I need bread. I need milk. God, I need coffee. I need tea. I need this and I need that. The atheist was getting sick of her. Every morning at seven o'clock she would come out and she would call out to God, give her get, shout out her, her prayer request, her her, her grocery list, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, the atheist was sick of it. He was like, I need to do something about this woman. I, you know, I'm just sick and tired of her praying every morning, crying out her grocery list. So the, on, on, on Friday night, he went to the grocery store, and he knew exactly what she needed because it was the same prayer, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He was sick of it. So he brought it all, and he and he it on her front door the night before, Next morning, 7 o'clock, he thought she would be quiet. This time she was crying out, "God God did it, God did it, God did it, God did it. She's shouting out. She's having a little prayer session, a worship session. Oh, God did it, God did it. The atheist, he was angry. He was like, God didn't do it. And every time he said, God didn't do it, she shouted out even louder, God did it, God did it. God, he was so sick and tired of her shouting, God did it, God did it. He went over to her and he said, look lady, God didn't do it. I did it. I went to the grocery store last night. I bought all these things for you and I left it at your front door last night. This time she shouted even louder, God did it, God did it, God did it. And then she said, and he made the devil pay for it. I'm here to tell somebody here today, maybe you feel like the enemy has stolen your children. Maybe the enemy has stolen your family. Maybe the enemy has stolen your dream, your vision, your passion. I'm here to tell you today, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and he will find it. Ask and he will give it. And I'm telling you, he's going to make the devil pay for it. God uses attackers to advertise you. He uses your persecutors to promote you. He uses your opposers to open doors for you. He uses criticism to create opportunity for you. Your mess will become your message. Your test will become your testimonies. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God did it. 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 Ask, 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 ask. Somebody need to give him praise this morning. Oh. Some people are waiting for God. Oh, I'm waiting for God to do something. Well, have you asked him? Ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek, and you will find. Number three, receive Him by faith. Receive Him by faith. Everything that God has for you is, to, is going to require you to take what seems like a risk. I love this verse in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 3 to 5. So I'm just a bit tired. Should have gone swimming. Anyway. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, He measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Everybody say ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Everybody say knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was to the waist. He measured off another thousand but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Some of you here this morning, you are at ankle deep. God is calling you. He is inviting you to go deeper. Some of you, you are standing knee deep. God is saying to you, it's time to go deeper. Some of you, you are at waist deep, and God is saying to you, go deeper. Listen carefully. God is inviting you. God is inviting me to go deeper and deeper to the point where our feet can no longer touch the ground. It is at that point that we realize we are no longer in control. He is in control. That's where the best stuff is. God is inviting you to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Let me tell you, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the key. Everybody say faith. I have a twin called Lloyd. I'm Boyd, he's Lloyd. Boyd, Lloyd. My parents were very happy when they found out they were going to have twins. So they were like, Boyd, Lloyd, Floyd, Oyd, avoid them all. When we were little kids, I remember I knew God called me to be a pastor. I was only about four or five years old at that time, and God gave me this call. And I was the pastor, and my brother was the assistant pastor. I thought, I'm not going to wait till I'm 80 years old to be a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor now. So I started a church. I had eight neighborhood kids that joined our church. We had three dogs. They were the best worship team I've ever had. I got no sound complaints. I didn't have to buy them any instruments. They were good. And then we had eight neighborhood kids. Oh, we had amazing church services. I remember one time I went to our main church, and they had baptisms. And I said to my brother, we're going to have baptisms. So when we came home, telling you the honest truth, some of you heard this story. My mom and dad had this big tank. It was like a bathtub, a fish tank that had not been cleaned for years, maybe centuries. It was dirty. And I said to my congregation of eight people and the three dogs, who wants to be baptized? No one put their hand up. I looked at my brother, and I said, put your hand up. He put his hand up. And I always wanted to do this. Oh, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come as you are. Repent and be baptized. Oh, I see that hand. It was only one hand. But anyway. And I baptized him. I baptized him. And sometimes I held him under water too long because I just wanted to make sure that he repented of his sins. And until I didn't see any bubbles. Anyway, anyway, he, he drank too much water. He got really sick. So that turned into a healing service. And I prayed for him. And We had some amazing church services. I was always the pastor. And he was always my assistant pastor. It was almost like I was the spiritual one and he was the naughty one. But let me tell you this. One day we went to church and we were asked to come to the front if we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if we want the gift of tongues. So we both went up. We were only eight or nine years old at that time. And I was like, I'm the pastor. I'm the spiritual one. And they laid hands and they prayed for us. Guess what? My brother got got the gifts of tongues straight away. And he started speaking in tongues, and I was like, eh? <laughs> what's going on here? God, what about me? I tried, boop, 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 nothing. And there he was going for it. And I was just like, God, this is not fair. What's happening? For two weeks, I tried, nothing, nothing. And then one day we were playing, We were just playing outside mom and dad's house and my brother started to speak in tongues and he turned around, Mark, honest truth, hand on my heart. He laid hands on me and I started to speak in tongues. Here's Here's the point of the story. It has nothing to do with how spiritual you are. Sometimes we measure ourselves to this person and say, oh, that person's spiritual. Oh, they are that. And I'm just a sinner. Let me tell you, it has nothing to do with how spiritual you are or who you are. Let me tell you, it has everything to do with faith. We were not in a church building. We were were at home playing. And we got, you know, I got the gift of tongues. What am I trying to say? You don't have to be in a church building. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's here. He's in New Zealand. He's in Australia. Oh, they need the Holy Spirit over there. Let me tell you. He's here. He's here. He's in Birmingham. He's in London. Oh, I know. He comes to Birmingham Christian City I mean Birmingham City Church before he goes anywhere because all his favorite people are here at this church. But let me tell you, he is everywhere. He's everywhere. One day we were just playing, he laid hands on me and I was felt. I just felt it. Today I've got good news for you. If you're here today and you're saying, boy, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service. I pray that today you will remove every barrier. You'll request the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it takes the whole church, the whole body of Christ to reach Birmingham for Christ. When we're filled with the power of God, that's when miracles happen. Number four, relate to Him every day. If I could ask the worship team to come and join me this morning, relate to him every day. Everybody say, Every day. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is not weird, he's not spooky, he's your best friend. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is not an it, he's a person. You can talk to him, you can relate to him. Here's my prayer for you today 2nd Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. Let me tell you this the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra you can have. He's not like when you buy a car, you get the basics. Then, then if you want to, uh, you can have optional extras like a, a, to- a turbocharger or mag, mag wheels or aircon. Let me tell you, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was never meant to be an, a, an optional extra. He's not just the turbocharger giving you an extra boost, He is the whole motor. Here's the whole thing. The total power we have. The great truth is that receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, not just an option. It is a command. In a moment, we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Spirit of God. While every eye closed, every head bowed for a moment. Firstly, I want, you to, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you thought Christianity was all about religions, rules. Today, I want to tell you, religion will not save you. No pastor can save you. No worship leader can save you. If our greatest need was entertainment, God would have sent us an entertainer. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was education, God would have sent us a philosopher. Your greatest need, my greatest need, was forgiveness, so God sent us a saviour. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Religion will tell you you cannot come to God, but it is only salvation. Saying yes to Jesus will tell you, come, come, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. In a moment, I'm going to invite the whole church to pray this prayer with me. I want, to be, I want us to pray it out loud. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your past is today. Would you pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart? Will you mean it from the bottom of your heart? Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm no longer a fan. I'm a follower of Jesus. Let's pray together this prayer. Birmingham City Church, repeat this after me. Dear God, I think we can do louder than that. Dear God, I confess I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you for forgiveness. I turn away from sin. And I run to you. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I believe in Jesus. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a child of God. Today is a new day because of Jesus. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you're saying, I want to turn my life around. I want to be a a child of God. I'm saying yes to Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to do something very bold. I want you to quickly put your hand up because every time there's a hand hand goes up, there's a celebration in heaven. Can I tell you, Jesus came from heaven to earth to die for people. What matters to God is people. On the count of three, I want you to quickly put your hand up and say yes to Jesus. While while that is happening, the whole church, we're going to clap and we're going to celebrate and we're going to say congratulations. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. On the count of three, I don't want you to wait for anybody else. It doesn't matter how old you are. On the count of three, one, Two, three, wherever you are. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see the hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that Thank you. Can I tell you? Raise your hand up, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold, if you don't mind me I'm asking you to do this I want you to quickly stand to your feet, I want to pray for you if you raised your hand, would you mind standing up and we're going to give them a big clap one more time one, two, three, would you stand up thank you, someone else, thank you, thank you. Thank you. someone else, thank you come on, wherever you are thank you God, I pray for every person standing here right now. The Word of God says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God, I pray that today they will be reminded that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. So today we pray for every brother, every sister standing right now today they will know the love of God that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him will not die but have eternal life. I thank you for every person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give them another hand. If I could ask everybody to stand to your feet. Awesome.